It's good to be back here on the Sunday card. It's week 14. Wish I had a better record in last week's games, but what can you do? We move on. We venture forward into December. We creep and we creep and we creep. And now this is where the rubber meets the road. It's week 14 edition of the Sunday card. Dan Zapano, Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silberth. A fresh-looking Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silberth coming off of a 4-1 week, coming this close to going 5-0, coming inches away from hitting the Magic Moneyline parlay. It was a good week. Yes, it could have been better, but coming off of Thanksgiving, we're much more thankful that Thanksgiving is over. Yes, can't be mad at a 4-1 week as much as it felt like there was a lot left on the table, a lot left on the plate, a lot left on the plate. If another Thanksgiving reference, if we want to go there, but <laughs> it had to be, had to be a better week after going one and eight combined through the Thanksgiving slaughter, mm. uh, Thanksgiving Black Friday slaughter that was. So, and you were just going one and four last week, prepping for week 14. That's, you know, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I, I was dealing with my family. So, and thank you to everybody who's reached out. It means a lot, but, um, dealing with that and like going through the games and being like, Oh, this, that, and the other. And I felt like I had a lot on the bone as well. And just things that didn't bounce my way. Like I, 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 I told you before we got on the show, like, yes, things didn't bounce my way, but it gave me a week to tinker with my model that I usually use. And Matt, like some of my numbers this week, like we're dead on the numbers that we have going into week 14. So I feel really like a lot more like I think I had six or seven games like that so that was really good and I feel like I found a little bit of a formula I I feel locked I feel really good about my picks Uh, I have a lot of leans this week but before we get into that let's do the week in review because you went four and one let's start with you because you know you were the master of your domain in this one we'll do the winners uh first off you knocked me good on the head-to-heads both head-to-heads winners philadelphia i'll tell you as soon as i heard you on the show last week which by the way you did an excellent job hosting uh i knew it was the right side that san francisco was the right side yeah it was just too much for me and obviously i mean they are shut out they're, they're they're not moving the ball at all at offense in the first quarter i'm holding my breath going man i maybe this is just a bad spot for shanahan but i mean the second half as far as what they were able to do on offense was exactly like Again, all the weaknesses of the Eagles defense came out last week. And, and, and Shanahan was the perfect guy to be able to exploit it. Just that offense is geared towards over the middle of the field, running the ball, and they just did it to perfection. After the first quarter, it was all just downhill for the for the Niners. It just looked easy. And you could tell the Eagles were spent from the week before. That was a good read by you. Uh, Houston and Denver, this is one that I felt could have gone the other way. You were on Houston, the three and a half. I was on Denver. Russ did everything in his power to come back and win that game. Yes, he had a couple of inter- like he had three interceptions in the game, but you know most of them were were good decisions. I think just the play just quite wasn't there. It was just slightly off. And then the last one, of course, was in desperation. But felt like Denver really could have had that game. Yeah, it was right there to be had. Uh, I I just it seems like the little thing. I really think like Houston is, is built as a playoff team right now. And Denver, I just, I don't think really is as, as good as that, as good as their run was. And again, I shot buying at the peak of the market, Dan, we got to know, I mean, you got to know when to get off. It was a time to get off that team, you know? So if I, if I was able to see it, you got to be able to see it. We got to get back dialed in on those, but uh, yeah, I definitely could have flipped the other way for sure. 
Yeah, I, I felt close enough on that where I'm like, it's okay. Like, I, I would be comfortable taking them again. Um, so I say, we'll how, how shocked were you to hear me pick Houston? Yes, I, I was super shocked. Like I was, I was very stunned. I'm like, no way, man. Like, and and you know, I was shocked, but then again, I was like, you know, he is so skeptical about his team and like hates picking the Broncos and always makes that thing of like, well, if I bet against them, then I still I I win even if I lose, you know, like type of thing. Mm-hmm. So. I wasn't that shocked, but I really thought they were going to win. Um, the uh, the other games that you got, um, Arizona, that was weird. That whole game was a weather delay, and Pickett went down, so we had some luck go our, your way on that one, and that was kind of a weird game. And then just we'll go double on this one. Carolina, uh, was that their final stand? That's a big question for us against Tampa, but they cover the five and a half. Yeah, Arizona was so huge. Then when they got the touchdown right before halftime, and they're talking about like this weather coming in, bad weather, and how the field, you know, everything's going to change. I was like, that touchdown before half felt so crucial. Mm. And obviously, they took like thirty minutes at the halftime. So uh, glad Arizona came out and pulled that one out. And Carolina, as good as it was, they got the cover. Man, I, I, we we were texting during that game too. Carolina had that long, long drive, just yeah. grind it out. Got their first. I believe it was for the first touchdown of the game. They had only had field goals so far absolutely grinded it out i'm like okay we're back in this and then it was two plays one play <laughs> work so hard work so hard to oh, get just ripped it out it, it just stomped on me and, and you know the, like i said things things happen they got the two point you know i think the two point conversion regardless probably helps some of you guys if you didn't have that number because it did close at three and a half yeah uh, so we gave it out five and a half but that two point conversion at them anybody who got it later in the week at uh three or three and a half that was crucial for that cover so still searching for the money though yeah, still searching for the money line parlay will come. Uh, searching for money on Tennessee. I mean, my my boy Grant Stewart gotcha. He gotcha. The two block. Are you kidding? Like that was right there for it. And the Colts continue to have a horseshoe up their keister. It's it's unbelievable because it's not only the fact that they get two block punts. One one for a scoop and score touchdown. One obviously set up another score. They take out the punter with an injury during those blocked punts. Yeah. So then Tannehill has to hold the snap for the extra point that would have put it to 26, 25 when he had the game go to overtime. And it felt like didn't quite get the laces all the way out on that one. Uh, Finkel Einhorn and, <laughs> you know, snap hooks it left uh, like we're used to seeing off the tee box. So, I mean, just that game was so infuriating because it started off exactly like me and Lou were saying, Derrick Henry was just going to just pummel a divisional opponent uh-huh. First weekend of December, it's tractor seat season. Like, we're just going to run through these guys. And he really did it all game. But, man, just a couple of weird plays. Tennessee can't defend the deep pass at all. I mean, Alec Pierce hasn't done anything all year. It, I will say, Shane Steichen, he, he's a good coach. That guy's a good coach. He, he's, he recognize, he, he's able to recognize a weakness in the team. Uh, and they absolutely were saying, we got to throw a couple deep shots to Alec Pierce this game because Tennessee can't cover the deep ball at all. And it worked to perfection. Yep. Absolutely. That's one where you absolutely feel disgusting afterwards, but such is life. And, you know, you, you're going to have, you can't go five and all all the time. We're looking for that five and all week still. We haven't had one in a while. So we'll see if we can get one back this week. Uh, I was the opposite of that. I had one win and my one win was maybe the second ugliest. I agree. Second ugliest pick Cincinnati outright line moved. We gave it out eight and a half line moved all the way to 10. And I'm thinking, Oh boy, this is not good. But how about Jake Browning? What can Browning do for you? He can get you a W in Jacksonville. And, and man, Jacksonville again, too. That's another one where they 
they lose Lawrence late. Like, luckily, might have dodged a bullet, just a high ankle sprain. So we'll see. But that game felt like the whole time Cincinnati just kept punching back and punching back and punching back. And I gave Browning a lot of credit to win that game, man. Yeah, look, I mean, look, maybe maybe he's got a little something left in the tank, and maybe they're going to be able to put together some wins through the end of the year. Or maybe he had a game of a lifetime because he was like 32 or 37, like yeah. hyper efficient. He didn't have an incompletion until like late in the second quarter. I mean, he, he he was fantastic. And then, yeah, the Lawrence injury, the fact that that's only a high ankle sprain, and the way he went down, the way he got kind of like stepped on, rolled up, it, it looked really bad. I thought he was going to be done with yet another quarterback we were going to lose for the year, but it looks like he's going to be out this week and hopefully back next week. Thank God. Um, but even him, I don't think, could save the New England Patriots at this point. It is so freaking awful. The stat that keeps ringing in my mind, not only did the Patriots lose 6 nothing against the Chargers, but they didn't run a play inside the 30. They did not run a play inside the 30-yard line. Somebody said earlier this week you could put bleachers in the end zones and it would not have mattered in that game because the Chargers didn't run a play inside the 20. So uh, the last play of the game was the first play inside the 20-yard line. It was a kneel. So it was disgusting a game. The Patriots are the first team to give up 10 points or less in three consecutive games and lose all three since 1938. Uh, that That's freaking brutal. That's freaking brutal. Losing <sighs> six nothing on a five and a half point spread. I, I that's can't even think. worse. I All they needed was a field goal. I can't think of anything much worse. Oh, awful. So let's not talk about that anymore. Uh, Miami and Washington, a complete misread by me. I mean, just totally stupid. I thought Del Rio being gone would help, but Rivera really needed to be gone to help. It was just. Miami beats bad teams really easily, so, so that one's not even worth it. Talked about the other two games, Denver and Philadelphia. Um, Indianapolis and Tennessee just kept scoring, so I, I thought the wind would help in that. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Yeah, that was, an, again, after the Alec Pierce touchdown that I was also so irate about, I was like, oh, boy, the under the under the weather should cover again because it was Derrick Henry touchdown, Alec Pierce, big play. I was like, this one might get out of hand. Yeah, Because those AFC South games, it's like they're either going to be – nine to 10 or their absolute shootout. They're nuts. So they're super weird, super weird. So that's the week in review. Um, so obviously Matt won the week, by the way, favorites last week, again, the favorites again, eight and five last week here. I mean, we just can't catch a break with these favorites. I mean, that's a little better. That's a little better. Like at least we're getting a little closer to 50, 50. So we got a chance. I mean, we can't, I, I, well, I guess it's not that much with this, just the bye weeks is 12 and four the prior week. You know, we only get one extra dog covering. So, crazy. Uh, yeah, that's why maybe it's been a little bit of a down year for us as, as big underdog betters, um, big, small, all kinds of underdogs. We don't discriminate, but they are not hitting nearly at the rate that they have over, like, the history of the NFL. So, And, and another thing, I mean, it was the year of the under, and it was quite the week to get the under the weather or not get the under the weather because the overs won the day. Overs were 9-4 and four last week. So it was a tough week for unders, man. And so – Everything is opposite. We want unders and we want we want dogs, and, and we didn't get them last week. So let's see if we can get them this week. All right, so to update you for the records, I am now 28-38-3 after the last week. It's horrible. Matt, you got back to 500, 33-32-4. Good on you. 6-10-1 and, and one to the bet the narrative, which was the Panthers. Good pick, Lou. 
like that. Under the weather is now 10 and 3. And man, this magical money line parlay is 1 and 12. But man, it all it takes is one. Just eight unit, eight unit play this week. Might be picking some big dogs now. See, that's last week we were supposed to get it all back. I don't know. We got, I think maybe we're back to chipping away this week. We're, we're going to see. We got a couple of things floating up. A couple weeks. A couple weeks. Got to get two in the last few weeks. Go ahead. Before we get to the picks, I want to talk about this. So we're back to, we had no bye weeks. So we got a full slate. But, no, we don't because the Cardinals in Washington have buys. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Next week's the last. All right. So mostly a full slate. Uh, two Monday night games, which is interesting. <clears throat> but I talked about it just a second ago. The quarterbacks. I mean, we are down so many quarterbacks. I just need to highlight to see how difficult <laughs> this is to pick games this week when we have some of these quarterback matchups coming up just to, just to breeze through a couple. So tonight, Thursday, as we record this, after this has already come out, You've already got to watch the the burner the burnout of uh, uh, Bailey Zappi and Mitch Trubisky. Uh, now, if we jump to Sunday, we've got uh, Joe Flacco versus C.J. Beathard. We've got Gardner Minshew versus Jake Browning. Josh Dobbs versus Aiden O'Connell. And then going to Monday night, we have Jordan Love versus Tommy DeVito. <laughs> it, it's been a struggle for the quarterbacks this year. There's a lot of quarterback injuries this year. Let alone having Will Levis start games. Zach Wilson is back. Um, you know, we we have a lot of different, just a lot of different quarterbacks starting. I, I wonder what the number is an actual quarterback started, honestly, because somebody's got to have a tracker out there somewhere. But uh, we'll see if any if we uh, if we are on any of these backup quarterbacks. And we'll start with you, Maddie. It's time to pick or punt. I will. I'll, I'll take the ball this week. I'll take okay. the ball. And, and again, let's get right into one of those ugly matchups. Yeah. And let's get right into this is and maybe I'm on tilt here. Maybe I'm on tilt from a couple weeks worth. And I already talked about how mad I was about that Tennessee game. And I think and I was really mad when we both lost in the Bucks a couple of weeks ago. And I have a new mortal enemy in the NFL. And that mortal enemy is a mustachioed backup quarterback. They have Gardner Minshew, who just isn't that good, but keeps winning football games. I be honest, I don't have a ton of stats in this game. This is a spot I just can't keep letting the Colts get away with this. <laughs> uh, like I said, we've lost two weeks in a row. We went over that Tennessee game with how they get lucky with the, the punter and the miss extra point. The Bucks game before that, Baker got hurt, and they get they get a little bit of lucky there, and they're you know playing at home. They're always better at home. Before that, they get to beat the, they beat the Panthers when the Pan, you know Panthers are still not good, but even more hapless than they are now. And then they beat the Patriots when Mac Jones threw the worst interception we've maybe seen with our own two eyes. So that's the four game win streak they're on. It's going to come down to Jake Browning. I, I said, was that a performance of a lifetime, or did we maybe find a little something with him? I'm banking on that we found a little something with him. Hopefully, uh, last week I said 32 and 37. He was averaging about eight yards per attempt. And I think the benefit that he has versus what all these other back quarterbacks have, or not not all of them, he's got phenomenal weapons. I mean, Jamar Chase and, and T. Higgins make it pretty easy to they get some space, they get some separation, get the ball to him. I also really like the um the rookie for the Bengals last week, Chase Brown, the running game. back. They got him, they got him going really, really well last week. And I think that's that's huge um to have a little bit of explosiveness back because Joe Mixon just doesn't quite, you know, he's he's fine, but he doesn't have that explosive step that he looks like he's had in years past, um, you know, aging in those running back years. So I think that that's going to be really good for them. I think they have a chance to take advantage of this very poor 
Very, very poor Colts defense. I went over some of the numbers last week about how, how their numbers have changed uh, uh, since they lost. Uh, I already forget his name. The guy in the defense who got the Grover suspension. Yeah. Grover Stewart. And, and things have really changed for them since then. Uh, we get another opportunity to get Gardner Minshew on the road here. Going against Cincinnati, Cincinnati is catching only one point. This is basically just a, a money line bet here. Um, but I can't keep letting Gardner Minshew get away with this. And I think the, the Cincinnati defense is, has been getting healthier. They've mm. been getting a little healthier, and so hopefully playing a little bit better. And we've talked about Big Lou on this show, their defense coordinator. Gardner Minshew is absolutely the type of quarterback that has glaring weaknesses that he will be able to key on and say, we can't let him do this. This is the only thing he does good uh, and, and take that away from them, hopefully. So give me Cincinnati plus one. Well, this is one of those rare quarterback matchups where um, we have a rematch of these guys. Matt, where were you on November twenty third, two thousand eighteen? Would th- this would be would this be a, uh, an Apple Bowl game? This was an Apple Cup game between Cup. Gar- Gardner Minshew at Washington State and Jake Browning at Washington. Uh, rest in peace, Mike Leach was coaching in this game. And the Huskies won 28-15. So in the spirit of Washington football and them being in the playoff this year, one of the few teams that deserves it, give me a mind melt because I'm in on the Bengals. I love it. We're back together in the spirit of togetherness. Let's go right to it. This is my number three play of the week. I really like this game. You talked about the Indianapolis luck factor is stupid. It's like really dumb. Last week with the punters, um, you know, the Patriot game, the Bucks had uh, Baker Mayfield had to leave that game early in the game and then was basically like 75% the rest of the game. They had Kyle Traskin. The pick six is against Carolina. They can't keep getting away with this. Plus, look at this. Cincinnati's played the toughest schedule in football. They have the hardest strength of schedule. The Colts have played the 24th hardest schedule in football. And if you look at it, go down the line, you talked about like, you know, there might be weather in this game. This is a big weather week, obviously, with wind and rain around. You know, with the Colts, it's like, yeah, they're going to want to run the football. Well, Cincinnati's much better coming off of games where they don't play well. They rarely play two bad games in a row on defense. There was a stat, there's a couple stats Evan Abram gave out that were really good. Um, Cincinnati under Zach Taylor, after allowing 30 points in the game on the previous game, 11 and 7 against the spread. When they've allowed 24 points or more the previous week, 19, 14 and 1 against the spread defensively. And I get it. Like my first inclination when I first looked at this game was Indianapolis. I got to take them. I got to take Indianapolis. Like, you know, they're going to Cincinnati. Cincinnati's off the Monday night winner. You know, Jake Browning, are you kidding? But the more you look into it, the more you're like, okay. Cincinnati's not a great run team and, and and Indianapolis might be getting Stewart back and be a great, you know, run defense or, or at least above average. You look at Joe Mixon. I mean, you know, they haven't decided to run the football, but if you actually look at the last three weeks, there's the sixth ranked team in the league in yards per carry the last three weeks. And do you think like if there is wind and rain in this game, to me, Jake Browning has more talent than Gardner Minshew. He's had it for his whole career. And you look at the game, if Indianapolis is not going to be able to throw it, they're going to want to run it, right? No Jonathan Taylor this week. And another stat here they gave out, when Jonathan Taylor has 10 carries or more for the Colts, the Colts are 24-19-1 and one in his career. When he does not, or if he doesn't play, they're 7-12. and 12. So I'm going to take – the Bengals here banking on that. I agree with you. The luck runs out 
with that horseshoe up the rectal passage of the Colts, as well as on the helmet. Give me the bangles, please. First, first uh, inappropriate uh, comment I've made today. Let's go. I think we had, I think we had Dr. Zapano on this one. I mean, geez, we're talking, we're talking scientific terms over here. Um, all right, great. Mind melt. Yeah, I, I was, that's another thing I was shocked about when you, when you sent in your picks to Lou last week, yeah. we didn't have any mind melts. There's usually at least one in there. And so things were just off. Things were off. Last we were week. miles I think we're getting, hey, we, we couldn't be further apart. Um, all right, let me get into my number four. Uh, okay. This one is, this is, if we were just saying we maybe we're going against the core principle in this last one, where we backed the Monday night winner, mm-hmm. I am going to fade the Sunday night winner. And I am fading brother love, and I'm taking <laughs> Tommy Cutlets, and I'm going to take the Giants plus six and a half on the Monday night doubleheader. Uh, this is another one. I don't have a ton of, like, stats to back this one up. I, I know that the Packers have been rolling on offense. They absolutely have. Since week nine, uh, Jordan Love's really flipped a switch uh, on this offense. He was he was one of the least accurate quarterbacks in the league uh, before that, and then since then he's been top ten in accuracy. Uh, they really him and LaFleur seem like they're getting that offense going. But at the same rate, it, watching that game last week against Kansas City, they had some good plays, and then they had some plays where they might have borrowed the the Colts horseshoe because he is Jordan loves leaning back, throwing balls straight in the air. Somehow Romeo Dobbs is coming down with them. Uh, I mean, the throw he had to Christian Watson at the end of the game was impeccable, but then Christian Watson was immediately there after hurt and is probably not going to be playing this week with a hamstring injury. And even if he does have a hamstring injury, he's your burner and your outside guy. So he's certainly going to be limited in what he wants to be able to do with best, which is stretch the field. Uh, and I think that this is a defense, uh, you know, clearly not Giants defense isn't better than the Chiefs, even though the Chiefs haven't been playing as good recently, but it's a different kind of a defense. It's mm-hmm. We're going to have Wink Martindale throwing all sorts of different crazy looks at you. Uh, you know, a lot of blitzing going on. The, the Packers have had a good offensive line. Uh, they're, they're, I believe, second and pass block win rate. So they've been able to give Jordan Love a lot of time back there. But I just think that this is going to be a tough game for Green Bay, who's riding a little high right now, going into New York. Uh, again, I don't know. I, I was looking at some of the weather on Sunday. I don't know if the same bad weather in the Northeast is, is going to carry over to Monday. Um, so might be some, some wind, some elements here. Maybe not as easy to throw the ball. And again, uh, it's a, just another very low total game. Uh, we give you that stat all the time. We love betting dogs. In low total games, uh, under 42, the underdogs are 120, or sorry, 176, 122, and six since 2018. That's 59%. So at a total, I think it's 36 and a half is where it's settled at right about now. Yep. Uh, I will take the Giants catching just shy of a touchdown here. I, again, I, I think the Packers definitely win this game. This is not uh, uh, going to be in the money line parlay, but I do think the Giants can keep it close enough. Well, Matt. Uh, first off, I want to say to you uh, and and all of our Jewish friends out there, happy Hanukkah. It's the first night of Hanukkah. So lahayim to all my friends down in Borough Park in Brooklyn, New York, because this one's for you. We're on a mind meld again. Oh, Big boy. Blue on Monday oh, Night boy. Football. All of our friends down in New York, enjoy it. Have fun. Be safe out there on Monday night. But the Giants are going to cover this number. I completely agree with you. This is my last one in. I mean, I switched one out to put this in, and we'll talk about it in the leans. It's a spot play, right? I mean, we got the primetime wins on Thanksgiving and on Sunday night against the Lions and the Chiefs. Come on. Like, this is the spot where we got to go. The Giants are coming off the bye. 
they were missing Dexter Lawrence last week against our uh, against my Pats. And now that he's going to be healthier, they might get Evan Neal back on the offensive line. I think they are going to slow him down. I mean, the one the the one thing that both of these two teams do that are really bad is the last three weeks of the season, they have been horrible against the run on defense. The Giants are 31st in yards per carry the last three weeks. The Packers are 32nd. I mean, you want to run the football in this game, you're going to be able to do it. The Giants, I think, getting Lawrence back is really going to help them, though. And Aaron Jones mm. is still up in the air, may not play in this game. Christian Watson got hurt at the end of the game. He may not play in this game for the Packers. So that's a big loss for them in the hamstring. Uh, along with Jair Alexander, we don't know if he's going to play. And But one of the things the Giants do really well on defense, they get off the field on third down. Uh, they're fifth in the league in third down defense. Um, so I really like that about them. Packers last three weeks are 30th in that category on defense. I think this really comes down to the defense. And look, if you look at the game on Sunday night, the the uh, Spagnola decided to blitz Jordan Love a lot. And he historically has been terrible against the blitz. However, on Sunday night, he figured something out. He was 10 of 13 in completion rate against the blitz against Kansas City. The Giants are the second highest blitzing team in the league, but it's not always when you blitz, it's how you blitz. And you mentioned a great point is that the Giants have a different style of defense that throw different things at you. Before last week, Jordan Love against the Blitz, 27th in the league in yards per attempt, 29th in completion rate. I really like this. And we have an ace in the hole because if DeVito stinks it up on Monday, Tyrod Taylor is active for this game. So even if we are down 13-0 in the third quarter or something like that, maybe Tyrod comes in and, and is able to get the things going for them. You mentioned the over-under, 36.5 points. You're talking like a 20-14 to 14 game to cover the spread. Green Bay has failed to cover the spread against road teams with losing records in seven of their last eight meetings against them. So in the last eight games, they're 1-7 on the road at ATS against teams with losing records. Are we too in love with Jordan Love? That is the question. I think it comes back to earth. I love the Giants plus six and a half, buddy. Yeah, no, I I totally forgot to highlight the part. Like I said, the Thanksgiving win is another one where it's just like they there's so much public appeal now and obviously taking down the Chiefs last week. But it, it as much as Again, they they did earn that win last week. It felt like at the end of the game, uh, right up right up until Mahomes threw that interception. That you know, you're like, oh, Mahomes got the ball in his hand. End mm-hmm. of the game. You know, here here we go. We've seen this story a million times, uh, and, and it just felt like they were getting the Packers were getting away with a lot that game. They were getting away with yeah. a ton. I didn't look it up. I would love to know what his uh, turnover worthy plays were in that game because I would set. I would bet he had at least two or three. I'm sure. I'm sure. Go number three. Number three, man, Dan. Can't quit him. <laughs> Just can't quit him. We're going – actually, we're going back-to-back games in MetLife Stadium here. We oh, got two God. games no. at MetLife Stadium. Oh. What What do you think? You think I'm going to pick the Jets here? Absolutely not. We're taking oh, the God. Texans okay. laying thank three God. and a half points on the road. And, I look, I've come on here and I've talked up C.J. Stroud all year and this passing offense, which is still fantastic. And this Jets defense is – Good, but what is going on with the Jets right now? I mean, we've got we're cutting Tim Boyle. We say, okay, Zach, you're 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 playing football again, buddy. This maybe you know maybe one of the last games you get to play. I mean, who knows if you start another NFL game after this after this season? And he's begrudgingly 
and it had to be convinced to start this game. It, he's doing so <laughs> under maybe under protest in this game. I mean, Zach, you, you might again, you might not ever play another NFL game after this. And so I, I think just having a, an unmotivated Zach Wilson going up against this Texan defense, which is the one I'm going to highlight here, yeah. that has been playing very, very well. Uh, obviously, we said we talked about D'Amico Ryan's defensive-minded head coach at the San Francisco 49ers had one of the best defenses in the league last year. And now, this far into the season, this team has really held up well and learned this system and playing it extremely well. Their, their top three corners all rank in the top 25 out of about 120 or so qualifying corners. Uh, they all rank in the top 25. Derek Singley Jr. is 17th. Steven Nelson is 25th. And Desmond Kings, their slot corner, who they just brought back in, he's just shy of the qualifying snaps, but he would be ranked 18th. And that's not just a this season thing, because he was he was top 20 for a full year last year, Desmond King, in that position. Um, Houston's defense giving up just 3.6 yards per attempt on the ground, which is the only thing that the Jets' offense is going to be able to have to lean on this game. And they are sixth best in the league uh, against – allowing explosive run plays, uh, which again is basically the only way they move the ball on offense is when Brees Hall hits one of those home run shots. So they are six best not allowing those. Will Anderson has been coming on amazingly. He is dominating. He's he's making a late push here for defensive rookie of the year, uh, trying to pass Jalen Carter. Uh, Jonathan Grenard, also great. And they get to go up against this Jets offensive line, mm. which has been absolutely abysmal. They are on, I heard this, they weren't quite sure. I believe they are on their ninth offensive line combination of the year through 13 weeks. So it's been, not only they're all bad, there's no continuity. Usually, at least if you're bad, you play together a little bit, you can figure things out. But if you just keep moving guys around, it gets harder and harder. And this is a good one. This comes from, this comes from Chris Raybon. The Jets are the worst red zone and third down offense in the league. So who's oh, calling the plays on that offense? It'd be Nate Hackett, correct? Uh, Nate Hackett last year, very familiar with him, was coaching the Broncos for their first uh, – he coached 15, 15 games of so He was fired for the last two games. Throughout all of last year, the Broncos had the worst third-down defense in the league, <laughs> which means that 27 straight games, Nate Hackett has been leading an offense that has the worst third-down offense in the league. I just – don't see I don't care if the maybe the Jets defense is able to shut down CJ a little bit I just don't see the Jets scoring much at all here on this Texans team uh and then just one last cherry on top since it is Zach Wilson starting this one as a dog of less than six points or a favorite in his career Zach Wilson has failed to cover eight of his last nine games in that situation this line moving down from six or five and a half down to three and a half Crazy. I was so happy to see. I, I mean, I, I think that they generally did two points of line movement going from Tim Boyle to Zach Wilson. We're never moving the line in a positive direction when Zach Wilson's put in. So give me the Texans. I, I 100% agree with you. I'll be honest. On Monday, I saw the line was six and a half, and it would have been my number one play. I mean, I was just like, that's way too many points. Like, uh, Texans are on the road, just squeaked out a game. Like, I was all over the Jets. And as that game creeped down and creeped down and creeped down, I'm like, holy crap, like Texans are going to be favorite. Like once it got to four and a half, I'm like, Texans really are starting to get value. And then now it's on a three and a half, right? I mean, like it's, it's pretty low. Uh, I mentioned earlier in the, in the, um, 
in the show how I tinkered with my model, and I'll and I'll just tell you what I had for these games. Cincinnati, I had them as a three point favorite. I had the Giants exactly six and a half point dogs, so that made a lot of sense. But I still like them. I had the Texans as six point favorites, um, and now they're down to three and a half. And and I kind of mentioned that before. Like if this was Monday, yes, I'd be on the Jets and I'd be all over them. But three points to move that for for Zach Wilson. That's criminal to me. So I, I'm tricky. Houston's in my leans. Houston's in my leans. Okay. Uh, I do have to call that because I was just making sure that that Texans line was out. Um, I think I do think we have to make a correction on since Cincinnati is flipped. Really? Cincinnati is now minus one favorite. Well, that's because we're sharp. So, so we said it. We said it. They got our, our computers tapped. So we will. I think in fairness, we got to go to minus one on Cincinnati. So Fine. don't. Don't love, don't love taking that favorite, the dog to favorite switch. But I, we're gonna stick with it here. We can't, yeah. we can't allow Gardner Mitchell to keep getting away with this. But we, we give so, out plus one. It's like okay, yeah, like mid show it changes. It's like what can we do? And so. it's not. I mean, I, clearly it's not major. It's it's we're going on just to take the money line. Right. Yeah, take the money line exactly. Um, I'll go to my number four because uh, I already did my number two. Oh, <laughs> here we go again. That's all I'll say. Here we go again. I got to do this because uh, I hope I'm not chasing uh, from last week, but I, I do think that this is just a perfect spot. I'll, I'll be praying. Monday is my day because I'm going to have both games in there. I'm taking the Dolphins minus 13 at home against Whoa. the Titans. And I was sitting there and saying, I want to know how Matt's going to put Mike Vrabel as a dog into his picks this week. That's what I'm going to figure out. How's he going to do it? Because there's no way. Like, I have zero faith that the Dolphins are, are – or that the Titans are going to be able to cover this number. I just – I don't believe it. Like, you look at Miami against bad teams, they're just dominant. Like, at home, the Giants, they beat by 15. Carolina by 21. The Patriots by 14. They should have covered against the Raiders even though they won by seven. Uh, then on the road the last two weeks, they beat the Jets by 21. They beat Washington by 30. I mean, Tennessee – you know, we can look at, you know, their defense and, you know, maybe they can keep it in, keep it close, you know, against Miami's explosive offense. Tennessee just lost Jeffrey Simmons, their best defensive player. Like he's out of this game. Miami's going to want to run the football. That's what they're going to want to do. And they do it so well. They give excellent yards after contact. But what's impressive to me for Miami is the defense and how well it's been playing. Uh, I know they haven't played good competition. But this is not good competition for the for the Dolphins. The last three weeks, the Dolphins' defense is second in yards per attempt. They're first in defensive passer rate. All season, they're third in sacks and first in pressure rate. Then the last three weeks, third in opponents' rush yards per game, third in opponents' red zone attempts per game, first in defensive yards per play, and second in time of possession. Let's look at the Tennessee offense under Will Levis. They've given up 42 sacks. That's 28th in the NFL. They're 30th in pressure rate allowed against the number one pressure rate team in the league. The last three weeks, 27th and third down offense, 30th in red zone attempts per game, 28th in time of possession. Now, let me just say this. Not only did the Titans also lose Jeffrey Simmons, they just lost their punter. They just lost Ryan Stonehouse who was third in the league in net average punting, okay? 
He was an excellent punter. He flips the field. They signed a kid off who's a rookie off of the Texans practice squad who's going to play, who's 34th in that category, a full six yards worse than Ryan Stonehouse. So you talk about the flipping of the field and how good Stonehouse was. Now they have nothing in that category. Tua as a favorite. These are great numbers. Tua as a favorite of four or more is 12-0 straight up. He is 9-3 and against the spread. As a double-digit favorite, he has never lost. He is 6-0 and straight up and 4-2 and against the spread. This is Miami against a bad team. Give me Miami minus 13. Yeah, you've been all over them in these spots this year. You've, you've really loved taking Miami against these really bad teams. Uh, I think for the most part, I think you've only missed one. Uh, which was that Raider was, game? It was, it was the Raider game. Yeah, that's right. Um, no, I mean the exit. We already saw how bad their pass defense is last week. So let alone if Miami wanted to throw the ball a game, they could. But now they don't have to because Jeffrey Simmons being out, they could just throw it a little bit in the first half. You know, they're like, I mean, who's covering? I, you say this about every team, but really for the Titans, like who's covering Titans? Like there's no chance they got against this guy this week. So, uh, I mean, he, he ran away for two freebies against Washington last week, and he'd probably do the same this week. And especially because I, I, I'm sure McDaniels is, is a kind of a guy who's who's looking like we're getting Tyreek 2,000 yards this year. Like that's that's yeah. something I think that he's the kind of head coach that isn't going to be like, oh, it's not about personal stats. Like he's like, no, we're putting up video game numbers. So I think that they're going to literally take, take I think they're going to take some serious shots to him. Yeah, I made the number 17 and a half. So like, I'm I'm all in on, on Miami for that one. Uh, number two. Number two. Well, we are, again, I, I, I do feel like I'm a little Groundhog Day, a little repeating myself here, but oh, yeah. we're back on the Cats, man. We're back. We are back on the Carolina Panthers again. This oh. because we got – that we got the cover last week. We were so close to a win, but you know, now it keeps that line. If they get the win, this line isn't as nice. And now we get to take them against another one of their horrible divisional opponents with the saints this week. Uh, still catching five and a half, just as it was as we get yeah, last week, the saints defense, as much as that's like the one thing that's been the calling for, for this, for this team is oh the defense, the defense has been so good. You know, you never trust, doubt that that saints defense, but they have been bad. They're getting injuries, and it's not really holding up. Uh, like I said, they, they've been without Marcus Latimer, which is huge. Uh, Malcolm Roach, defensive tackle, banged up. Cameron Jordan did play last weekend, still banged up at his old age, defensive end. Uh, safety, Marcus May, banged up. Might not, you know, questionable to play. Um, and it certainly affected their stats, especially in the passing game. I mean, like, they, they are pretty stout against the run, as they always are, but their secondary isn't holding up nearly as much. On the year, the Saints are allowing 6.2 yards per attempt to their opponents. Over the last three weeks, they are allowing eight yards per attempt to their opponents. And if we want to talk about for Carolina, on their defensive side of the ball, they get J.C. Horn back uh, Mm -hmm. last week, who is so, so pivotal for them. He's one of the better corners in the league. Uh, And again, as as speaking of Groundhog Day and and feeling a little deja vu, he kind of did this rigmarole last year. You know, he, he missed the first half of the year. He came back right after they had fired Matt Rule and uh, and uh, Steve Wilkes takes takes over, and the Panthers went seven and three when he came back, and now just had a coaching fired. He's coming back. Maybe we fall into the same kind of a role here. Obviously, they get the cover last week, and they don't get the win. But uh, over the past two seasons, the games that J.C. Horn has played, just two this year, and the, and the the ten we mentioned last year, 
They are eight and four against the spread when he plays. Uh, and the Saints are decimated at the wide receiver position. They are absolutely desperate. They have nobody right now. They've just got you got Rashid Shahid, who's, you know, again, just kind of a, a deep shot. He, he could burn you on a couple of plays. And they got Chris Olave, who's also just kind of been battling injuries. So I think if JC Horn's on Olave, I think that's going to hold the Saints offense down a ton uh, and keep Jameis away from being effective. Oh, did I, did I just say Jameis? We might have Jameis Winston starting this game as a five and a half point favorite. Let me, let me, you know, bury the lead for you here. Now, <laughs> Derek Carr has been practicing this week, so we're yet to see yet still. And I really don't care if it's Derek Carr. Uh, if Jameis is announced a starter, I do think this is going to tick down. So I, I like, you know, get this number for now while you can. Um, I don't have Derek Carr since I got Jameis Winston stats, so I'm really hoping that's Jameis. But over his career, Jameis' career as a favorite, he is 8-19. and 19. But throw the quarterbacks out the window. Their head coach isn't very good as a favorite either. Dennis Allen, we've said this a couple times on the show this year as well. As a favorite over the course of his career, he is 5-16-1, 27% against the spread. And the Saints have been favorites 10 times this year. That's the other thing, too. They've played a god-awful schedule. They've they, they played some of the worst opponents in the NFL. Not that Carolina's any better, but there's a chance in this one at least. Uh, they, they've been favorites 10 times this year. They've only covered once. They are one in nine or one eight and one or something like that against the spread as favorites on the season. So give me the cats five and a half. Oh, that was look, this is my first one out. This is the one I took out for the giants. Mm. Yeah. I just, I want to be there with you. I really do. But I, I'm very nervous that the, the Panthers just kind of dead cat bounce last week and put up a big fight. And now they go on the road and, Everything you say makes sense. Like the Saints are way too big of a favorite here. Um, I just couldn't get there. I couldn't put the Panthers in. They're just kind of off my list, you know. But I will say excellent use of the word rigmarole. So I really enjoyed that uh, on your on your little soliloquy there. I like that. Uh, and because I liked it so much, Matt, I figured since we're back together in the spirit of being together again, I'm going to ride with one of your guys. Okay, I'm going to take one of your guys. I'm going to take your boy. I'm going to take Justin Fields this week in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Plus three and a half against the Lions. Are you kidding me? Matt, we finally got it. We finally got that bare weather. The weather in this game, 37 degrees, winds up to 20 miles an hour, right in line with our Jordan Goff outdoor stats. Uh yeah, I was listening to uh, Colin Wilson a little bit this week, and and he threw out some numbers that were staggering. Because I think we've gone through it where golf is like really good indoors and not so good outdoors, but we haven't really detailed it. And I thought that we could detail it here. Jared Goff in his career, sixty four percent of his interceptions come outdoors, seventy five percent of his fumbles come outdoors. Outdoors in December, he is one in six against the spread. In just twenty twenty three. His indoor numbers, he's 8.1 yards per attempt. His outdoor numbers, he's 6.9. Overall in his career, this was the most shocking to me. His touchdown rate indoors, 5.3%. Outdoors, 2.8%. Cut in half outdoors. Plus, Frank Ragnow is probably not going to play in this game. Offensive lineman. I love that fact this week for the Bears because the other big thing 
these defenses are going in completely different directions. Um, you also gave out a stat, and I got a couple stats of myself for you, but you gave out some stats. Since week seven, Chicago, sixth in EPA per play on defense. Detroit is 29th since that week seven. Uh, eighth in success rate is Chicago since week seven. Detroit, 31st. But it gets worse when you look at the last three weeks. Detroit over the last three weeks is tied for 30th in yards per attempt on defense, 29th in defensive passer rating, 30th in red zone defense, and 29th in opponent's points per play. You would think Detroit on offense is going to want to run the football in Chicago. Well, Chicago the last three weeks is sixth in the league in opponent's rushing yards per game. They're tied for fourth in opponent's red zone attempts per game, so they're not allowing teams to get inside the 20. But the most staggering stat of all over the last three weeks that I saw Time of possession. The Bears are number one in football over the last three weeks in time of possession. They hold the ball for over 36 minutes the last three weeks. You know what the Lions are? 30th over the last three weeks. Less than 26 and a half minutes with the ball in their hands. Plus, we just saw them almost beat them in Detroit a few weeks ago. My other big thing for me, Aline McNeil. Being out is a huge loss for Detroit. He's their interior pressure guy, especially when you're dealing with Justin Fields running the football, who, by the way, in his last three meetings against the Lions, has rushed for 100 yards in each of those meetings. By the way, another stat, top 10 success rate on offense for Chicago since week seven. That's what they've been so far this year. We got that bare weather, Matt, and it's time to bear down the hatches if you're the Lions, because I got the Bears going outright in this game. Give me the Bears plus three and a half. I love it. I'm sitting here nodding my head. I'm just reading your notes off of the screen that's in front of me because they're my number one pick of the week, Dan. Of course they are. And the headline of the thing is we got bear weather back. It was supposed to be 36 degrees and 10 to 15 mile an hour winds. I love that. I am and, so and sorry got, that I just read all that for you. And we got the team. I literally have like every, like, you know, eight, eight, everything. Eight <laughs> success rate, better on defense. Like, I love it, though. I mean, in a little place I like to call the Windy City, the Bear <laughs> Weather's back. Number one. I, I, like I said, I, I think Fields is going to be able to run up and down. I, I think that we have the team, honestly, that has better advantage uh, in the run game, offensively and defensively. Mm-hmm. And in a game that's going to probably be ugly and where we know Jared Goff's not going to have as good of a time throwing, I, I feel great about it, so. Hopefully we're not getting wrapped in public dog of the week here, but I I really think that the Lions will probably still get a ton of backing from the public just because of, you know, early on, early on part of the season. We always say it's kind of hard to shake the early, uh, the early mindset and the early take we have on teams, but they've been reeling. They really haven't been nearly as well. And like I said, this is the perfect spot. This is the spot to get golf too, because I think I, I was looking for fantasy purposes when I was looking at schedules and stuff like that. This is the Lions last indoor game at least mm-hmm. through week 17 for the fantasy football season so but i think every other game they're like on the road they're like on the road but in minnesota uh they're they're on the road i think maybe like the chargers like uh, or mm-hmm. something like so but yeah this is like their last indoor game i think until the playoffs so uh this is definitely the time to get them i love it i love it i made the line uh three and a half uh, i made the line lines minus three so that was uh that was right where with it and i think this was five and a half on sunday or Monday, so this was this yes. has been really bet down. Yes, it came, it came down. I think it was at least at least five. Uh, do you have, do yeah, you have the and, ticket and, numbers and, on this? I, I was going to say I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, see, Chicago seventy three percent both tickets and money. Mm. 
So a little scary, a little scary. Could be public, but I still like it. I, I just the matchup is still is still there for me. I agree. Number one, number one. All right, here's what I like, Matt. Back to the drawing board. Back to first principles. That's that's what I think about this week. You know, we've had a lot of first principles that we talk about on the show all the time, and one of those first principles is. That we play that Sunday night loser, especially if it's the Prince of Darkness. I know you don't like it, but I'm in on it. I like the Chiefs minus one and a half. I just got to get simple. I got to get simple, and this is simple. I know Buffalo tries hard each week, and, you know, they're motivated to to finally, you know, they got to make the playoffs here and this and that. Well, I feel like that's been every week, and I feel like Buffalo just doesn't have it. I just don't think they have it. Not to win this game, get out of this funk. They just can't seem to close out these close games. And I'm not just taking Mahomes because he's a favorite of less than three. Like, that's obviously like a cardinal rule right there. You take him. I'm taking Mahomes because he does not lose two games in a row. Like, he doesn't do it. Mahomes is 17-3 and three in his career off a loss. 17-3. and three. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's 12 and 8 against the spread off a loss. How about in games in which the Chiefs don't score three touchdowns and lose? Patrick Mahomes is 7 and 0 straight up in that game since 2020. How about this stat from Evan Abrams? How about in games where Mahomes throws less than 225 yards, has an interception in the game previous? He's 5 and 0 straight up. He's 5 and 0 against the spread. And they're covering by 13 and a half points in those games. I also think Kansas City's offense is going to be able to run the ball with Pacheco. This Buffalo line is small and, and going to be able to be pushed around by the bigger Chiefs O-line. And if the Chiefs do run the ball inside in between the 20s, inside the red zone, they'll find success. Buffalo, the last three weeks, 29th in the league in red zone defense. Buffalo also 11th most missed tackles in the league, and the Chiefs are third in yards after catch per completion. Going to have a hard time trying to catch those speedy wide receivers in the outside. Also, Josh Allen. I know he'll try to backpack this team, and he's great normally against the spread, and he's even really good on short rest. But on extended rest, Josh Allen is 6-13-1 against the spread for his career. Isn't that crazy? So with the bye coming up, I think this is kind of a sleepy spot for the Bills. I don't think they'll be as motivated. I think Josh Allen will try his hardest. But at the end of the day, December is Mahomes' time of year to shine. Give me the Chiefs minus one and a half. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> glad you picked it one of the big games because we have we've like failed to mention that two of the biggest games of the year, like yeah. this week, and we are just picking the trash. We're just we're just <laughs> a couple we're a couple of raccoons over here going through mm-hmm. the dumpster the rest <laughs> of the weekend. Um so I'm glad you picked that. And this this was a probably a first up for me. We'll talk about the next big game obviously in a little bit. We'll talk about Cowboys and Eagles just to talk about it because we can't can't go on. But I, I started to I, I immediately was Chiefs lock it in under field goal. But I, I just started to waver. I started to go back and forth I'm him and in Han. Uh I will say you mentioned Pacheco. Didn't practice on Wednesday. I, I didn't check I for today's like report, but Pacheco is banged up. We're just waiting to see 
Uh, I, I read says about like we're gonna uh, you know look into it more, and so I, I'm worried that he might not play, which would be huge because uh, it's not just like they're not like this team you could plug any running back in. Like he's mm-hmm. the kind of runner that they need. Um, this hard hard north south running style, and as far as the Bills go, like the offense is going. Uh, Allen's been you know MVP level again. Obviously he's out of the race. I would say now, but he's been MVP level over the past month. Uh, throwing the ball like crazy. And I just, I'm wondering if this Chiefs, again, this Chiefs wide receiver core, like this is just going to catch up with them more and more. But I mean, if they lose this game, they're going to be what? Seven and five? Yeah. Seven and five Kansas City Chiefs? I, I agree. That doesn't feel right. And, and and so I do want to take, I'm so back and forth in this game. I have nothing really. I, my, I really my, nothing. my thought is who's more likely to stop the other offense? Like, I don't think Buffalo is capable of stopping them. I I just – they're too small up front. They have no one that can cover. And this is actually a much easier matchup for the Chiefs receivers than last week. So, you know, to me, I get the Chiefs receivers are not great. But, again, this is going to be a scheming thing. I thought the, the Chiefs got away from what got them back in that game where they ran the football with Pacheco. They had like 100 yards in the first half, and then they stopped doing it. So, you know, to me, uh, like, yes, Buffalo will be motivated. You don't think the Chiefs are motivated? The Chiefs haven't played a a road playoff game in eight years, okay? Like, they need the one seed. They know it. So that's where I am with motivation. Yeah, I, I, and the other thing with this matchup too. So B- Buffalo has taken the last two in the regular season in Arrowhead. They played the they played their last three regular season games all in Arrowhead. Uh, the last five total because obviously they had two playoff games over there. And in those games, obviously it was not not who's going to get more stops. It's who is going to get a stop. Who can get one stop in these in these matchups? So I worry that if Buffalo does come out and just starts the boat race. I don't think Kansas City is going to be able to catch up. That's where I worry too. That's true, and I think you. I think what gives me confidence though is that you've you've mentioned this to me. Kansas City is not going to try and race them. Like they're going to try and shorten this game. I think and play physical with them, and then you know play defense. And and again, another the, the Bills O line. I don't think will hold up against against Kansas City. Like they have good numbers, but because Josh Allen runs around. You know, like like he avoids everything. So he's he's also running a lot more. Like they they've taken off, you know, they've taken off the restrictor plates on him because we got to have him healthy towards the end of the year. Yeah. So he's been running the ball a lot more, which is just kind of like they they've been doing that the past couple of years of like, all right, Josh, we can have you running, te- you know, fifteen times a game early on weeks one, two, and three. But now now that we're obviously crunch time and they got to win out basically to to try and get the playoffs, it's it's the restrictor plates are off for him. So I don't. Know, it's gonna be a great game. It's gonna, it's gonna be, be a great game. Hundred percent. Uh, okay, so that's all our picks. Let's go to the leans. We've already mentioned a couple. I'll just mention. I talked about Carolina. I talked about Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denver. I mean, do you get the line? Is it too fishy? I don't get it. It it feels fishy. There's something about it. It feels fishy. It doesn't feel right. I don't There's know. No like, I, I, just, I I just want to keep picking against the Chargers. So yeah, I mean, I, I this is a coaching mismatch. The Chargers can't run the football like. Why? I mean, how is this not a pick? How is this not Denver minus one? Like, you know, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, for, I don't remember what I made the game. I think I actually made the Chargers two and a half. I think I actually did. But 
the uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So that's it, it is very strange, but I still like Denver. By the way, I made the Chiefs minus three. That was my number. Wow. Yeah. Um, any other leans for you? Oh yeah, uh, the two big favorites. I like San Francisco. Yeah, uh, yeah. I like them. I have no faith in the Seahawks. I think they spent their whole life away trying to beat the Cowboys. And I like the Ravens. I don't. I know people like the Rams, but I kind of like the Ravens a little bit because of the weather, and I think they're more equipped for that. And I think I'm vindicated because the number moved from seven to seven and a half today, and I and I think that's a pretty good indicator that the Ravens are going to cover this number. Yeah, I, I have the Rams in my leans, and I don't really know why. It's kind of heard a lot of people giving out the Rams, and that's I, I think I've been convinced into it. It feels like, yeah, they're touchdown, you know, but this feels like the exact kind of team that we talked about with with Baltimore, where it's like the Rams make their money beating up on teams like the Cardinals and things like that. But when they run into a really, really maybe the best mm. defense in the NFL right now in the Ravens, it might be hard for them to overcome, especially like I said, they're going to have to run the ball more. And everybody's like, oh, Kyron Williams. I just like it's not – the same going against this Baltimore team. So yeah. I, I, they're kind of, they're kind of not. And then the other big game, I really was thinking just throwing Dallas minus three and a half in here because that line, that line staying at three and a half all week. If you're telling me that there isn't a sharp and the majority of the money is on the Eagles. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. So clearly that usually indicates some, some sharp money, but I don't think a big enough better has come in. There's not a professional out there with a three and a half sitting out all the way to Thursday night that wouldn't have come in and hammer the Eagles if they thought they were the right side. And maybe it's a little worried on Jalen Hurts news. That could be it for sure. And as soon as we get a full clear for him to play, like they will come in on it. But that three and a half sitting out there just tells me they want, we got to take Dallas in this one because they were so close yeah. the last time. The offense is rolling. I don't know what Philly's going to do on defensive stop. Dallas's offense has only gotten better since they played last time. They're they're probably the top offense in the league right now. Um, and their defense, I think, is going to be able to go up against, a, again, a banged-up offensive line for the Eagles right now. Uh, they're losing linebackers. I mean, it feels like Dallas is getting ready. And like I said, just because they, you know, they lost that one game last week doesn't mean that the Eagles aren't still in the middle of their absolute gauntlet of a schedule that they've right. had to play against the you know, Niners, Bills, Chiefs, everybody. If Hertz does play, I do think they can move the ball because it sounds like they're going to get Goddard back. Sounds mm-hmm. like they're going to – they're signed Zach Hertz, so throwback. Back. He's back. Yeah, how about that? They signed Darius Leonard, so they got him. I don't know how much that really helps their linebacking core, but we'll see. As soon as I saw this game, I'm like, I got nothing for me. Like, I, I looked at it and I said, I just want to sit back and watch this game. Like, I really want to dissect this game. I don't want to have any – because we were all over the Cowboys in the last game, and I was like – I felt myself really rooting for Dallas and, like, all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, I don't really want to do that. But and this one I just want to sit back. I want my wife to be screaming at the TV. Like, that's all I want. And I'm going to be just poking her and prodding her, saying, Dallas looks pretty good. You know, like, <laughs> that's all I want to be doing. So, yeah, and then I agree with you on the, on the Ravens, too. It's like the Ravens have owned teams at home. So, yeah, that's that's another another big factor. Uh, let's do the specials. Under the weather, right back to that Ravens game. Let's go for it. Um, yes. I know there's – you know, I mean, I know there's wind in a lot of different places. Weather's very sketchy out in the Midwest. So, I figured just make it simple. Go to the t- game with the worst weather. And that's the Ravens and Rams, and this is – 
uh, over under is 40 in this game, so it's reasonable. I know we got some 33 and a halfs out there, like crazy unders, but 64 degrees. Winds are 10 to 20 miles an hour, 14 mile an hour sustained. Um, they're expecting near an inch of rain in Baltimore on Sunday. So very Edgar Allan Poe. Love that. And you know who the Rams signed as their kicker this week? Because they don't have one. I missed it. An old friend, Mason Crosby, is oh the new kicker. And remember An how old friend, old friend. Remember how bad he was in Green Bay at the end. Like, and now he's got a kick in this stuff. Like, I'll feel good. Mason good. Crossbar. Yeah, Mason Crossbar. I'll feel really good if this game is twenty to seventeen, and you know he's got to make a field goal tie the game. I'll feel fantastic. So yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll go under the weather. Rams, Ravens, under 40 is the under the weather this week. All right, Matt. Now it's time. Lots of good choices for Magic Moneyline Parlay this week. Are we going big game hunting or are we ship, ship, shipping away for this week? Because only got a few weeks left, my friend. I know. We're coming down to it. But like I said, if we're talking big game hunting, like so we just – we just take like we don't believe the Rams outright. We don't like that. We don't like Seattle. Uh, I think the Niners no. are going to whoop them too. I don't think the Giants win outright on Monday night. I think that they can cover. Yeah, I, I think that's great. a good number to take. I, I kind of like the Giants a little bit, but I I've got it's it's not insignificant. It's going to get us back there, but this is quite on brand for your boy <laughs> here. This is very very on brand. We're going to take Chicago Bears uh, as we should Detroit as, as you know, natu- naturally. Uh, they're at plus 140. And we just said the line didn't make sense, Dan. We just said the line's not making sense. Oh, my God. We'll take the Denver Broncos plus 120. So you got the Bears and the Broncos plus 140, plus 120 gets us to plus 450 on the parlay. Well, chip, chip. about about halfway. That's about, it's about halfway back, right? It's like halfway back. That is so, such an on brand for Justin Fields and this one's your Denver hit. Broncos. Let it be so. Someone's, someone's got it. It's got to. It's it's let let the spirit of the season flow through us here. I you're feeling yourself on this one. This is your baby. Oh, we need it. I mean, we just need it. I we need it. Yes, we do. Um, okay, so that is the Magic Moneyline Parlay. Uh, Lou is not here. and We haven't even mentioned his name. Poor Lou. I'm so sorry. Uh, Lou is not here, obviously, but he does have a bet the narrative, and it coincides with your Magic Moneyline Parlay. He is taking the Denver Broncos. There it is. He said, he said plus three. It's really it's plus two and a half right now uh so we'll see how it goes but if they cover the three they'll cover the two and a half right exactly exactly and if they win outright they cover it all exactly now we're thinking so denver broncos is the bet the narrative not entirely sure why but uh that's his mystery well well, i I think you just if you just pick against brandon staley every week eventually he's gonna get fired and then there's your narrative (laughs) Oh man, that worked one week. Why not this week? So yeah, that, that's our that's our logic behind that. Let's go through, run it down, my friend. The rundown. 
All right, we have we've gotten mind melts all over the place this week. Would be a day or back at the saddle here. Uh, we got Cincinnati uh, flipped to a favorite. Cincinnati's minus one now uh, at home, uh, hosting the Colts, the Giants. Tommy Chicken Cutlets plus six and a half at home against Green Bay on Monday night. Houston going on the road to uh, that same stadium. MetLife minus three and a half. Carolina plus five on the road in the Superdome against the Saints and Chicago. Home divisional dog plus three and a half against the Detroit Lions. I love it. Magic Money Line Parlay is Chicago and Denver. Chicago and Denver. Uh, same right there. Happy Hanukkah to all our friends in Borough Park, Brooklyn. Giants plus six and a half against the Packers in a mind meld. Go again with Miami. Minus 13. Mondays are fun. Danny Mondays this week. Uh, Miami minus 13 against the Titans. We're with Maddie Ryden in the jungle, Cincinnati minus one against Indianapolis in the Apple Cup rematch for Minshew and Browning. Uh, we are in the spirit of togetherness back on the Bears and Bear Weather plus three and a half at home against Detroit. And we will be on the Prince of Darkness. Number one play, Kansas City minus one and a half at home against the Bills. It's just that time of year under the weather. Rams, Ravens in Baltimore under 40, rain and wind, bad kicker for the Rams. And to bet the narrative is Broncos plus two and a half. That is your week that was for week 14 on the Sunday card. Maddie, let's enjoy it. We were very close to a five and a week last week. I think together is the way to go and do this this week togetherness cohesiveness and like i said i mean we've got we've got a couple of phenomenal games this week and then we mm. are going to be again i i will now again be the guy at the bar saying can we get carolina and <laughs> new orleans on i know that i know there's like a massive so like good. number one seed implication game going on but do you think we can get the colts and bangles on yeah do you think there's a chance that's the one right there is like no one's going to want to watch, and you're just sitting in the corner sweating Jake Browning like, come on, buddy, you can do it. And everybody over there is, yeah, this guy's really into it, huh? I mean, he likes football. Yeah, I'll tell you, the day is a legalized game. Like, it's, it's, you're, you're hiding in plain sight now. I mean, anytime you go out to the bar, this game's on. There's always this last week we were there, and there's this one guy. The first thing he did is he just told everybody, I got a lock on this part. I got a lock on this part. I got every, every, and everything that happened in the game. He was like, I had that guy. I was going to take that guy. I'm like, shut up. Shut no, up. It's no, too you much. Are. You want to just quietly, just be the guy who sits there and quietly sweats. Maybe you bang the bar every once in a while. If there's a touchdown, you're allowed to, but like, just don't be that guy. Yeah. We had a guy like that in the Tennessee Purdue March Madness game a few years ago. Did not, did not like him. Did not like him at all. Uh, that's it. And that's all. Let's begin. By the way, thank you for that impression last week that was fantastic uh, but uh that is it and that is all we bid you a fond farewell we bid you uh anybody celebrating happy hanukkah as uh let's light the menorah and have some fun um week 14 coming at you and matt we're so close to playoff football it's very rare that we are so late into this season and things are just so unsettled best of luck to those trying to make fancy playoffs this week yes not not me wouldn't couldn't be me couldn't be me i'm just trying, i'm trying to i'm hoping i can lock the bye week up i need it yes you do the goal has always been keep the commission winning
That's all. God. No, no, we're not getting there. Togetherness. That's the theme of the show. Togetherness. Togetherness. Freaking collusion. <laughs> For Maddie Ice, Maddie C, Matt Silverth, I am Dan Zampano. We'll see you next week on the Spotify, the Apple, the Google, on the sportscountry.net. Listen to it. We'll get the picks on X at 1230 on Sunday at the Sunday card. You know where to go. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. The Sunday Card Podcast is co-hosted and directed by Dan Zampano, co-hosted by Matt Silbreth, and produced by Lou Paracone. You can listen to The Sunday Card on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to us on Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. Follow us on Twitter for all of our picks throughout the regular season at The Sunday Card. And remember... If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.